welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Strange. Michelle brings over 20 years of experience in a variety of roles in dentistry. She's a graduate of the Medical University of South Carolina with a Bachelor's of Health Science. She's also a graduate of the University of Bridgeport with a Master's in Dental Hygiene. She continues to focus on her passion for dentistry and its connection to overall health. She's the co-founder and co-host of the longest-running podcast for dental hygienists called A Tale of Two Hygienists and the co-founder of Level Up Infection Prevention and Trivia Dent. She's also the client success manager for Mouthwatch. We'd really like to focus today on some of the great experience that Michelle's had with Mouthwatch and really dive deep into what she's doing to help us understand what people are doing with teledentistry now, what they should be doing, and what they could be doing in the future. Let's dive in. Michelle, welcome to the Dental Deep Dive. We're glad you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. You know, it's really interesting because we've been really following some interesting trends. Even in the last couple of episodes, people have been talking about teledentistry, what's happening, where is it going? And I know that that's something that we're going to kind of focus in on on our episode today. But before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about your work, what you're doing, and kind of help us understand what you're doing for the dental community? Sure. So this is actually my 21st year in dentistry. I've been a dental assistant, surgical assistant, and a hygienist. And I am loving hearing that people are talking about teledentistry because that's like a little space that I'm in right now. But I have created with a partner a podcast called A Tale of Two Hygienists, where we are trying to disseminate information from some of the best speakers ever and around the world even so that everyone has access to this information so they can be constantly continuing their education and improving their patient outcomes. And I also created a company with one of my friends, India Chance, called Level Up Infection Prevention because I'm very much an infection control nerd and I truly believe in elevating the role of the infection control coordinator. So I have that digital content and I also am partners with Dr. Tony Stefano and Trivia Dent, uh, which is just a dental trivia company, which is really fun. Add a little levity to uh, dentistry with fun questions. And then I am a speaker and a writer and content creator, and I still practice dental hygiene. So I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> that, that's super busy. That, that's ridiculously busy. You know that, right? So <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> dentistry is a hobby. It is. <laughs> dentistry is a hobby and and a job and a party all at the same time. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much. <laughs> So one of the things that we ask a lot to our guests are really around, you know, what are what are the hot topics that you're really seeing in dentistry as it, as it relates to you right now? You know, I definitely think I have my ear to the ground in regards to telehealth and telemedicine and more of people talking about that medical dental integration happening with technology. I'm very excited to hear more of that happening in the world and I think anything with technology, really, and just education, that's what I'm hearing a lot about. I'm also hearing a lot of people are Zoomed out, so trying to come up with 
you know, ways that we can help our industry continue to grow and learn, but not be burned out from uh, these online online content. Yeah. It, and it's a hard, it's hard. I mean, we've all been, I, I, I don't know, let's cabin fever. I think we all have a little bit of cabin fever. Right? A little so, bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd really like to drill down a little bit more on what you are seeing in that dental medical integration area. Can you tell us more about that? I actually just heard a great use case um, from a dentist in the Midwest. I can't remember exactly where, but he was actually giving intraoral cameras and a tablet to his emergency department, local emergency department. And if they had a patient that didn't have a dental home, they were doing the scan loading it into Teledent and he would get that notification that somebody like, can you look and see what's going on here? And yeah, he then is getting patients coming from the emergency department that need root canals or extractions. So I'm really excited about that. So we can get people out of the emergency department. And then I, I really hope to see more collaboration. So that let's say my patient that has um, a history of cancers needs pre-medication for multiple joint replacements is on a ton of medication, sleep apnea, high blood pressure. I would love to integrate, be integrated with all of their medical providers, especially from the sleep. I can't tell you guys how many times I do an airway assessment with my intraoral camera. So I'm doing a video, having them do all the movements with their tongue, show me their airway, all that stuff. And I sometimes feel like my hands are tied because all I can do is like write a note saying, I have details. I have intraoral pictures. If your physician is interested, uh, we suggest maybe a sleep test. And it would be so wonderful for us to all be on that same platform where we could shoot that information back and forth. And we don't have another patient go months without that discussion uh, with a a physician. So there's so many opportunities in that regard. I think for me, the thing I'm most excited about is the sleep airway collaboration with uh, dental providers. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting example. I, I, I really like that. Uh, and I am seeing a lot of more uh, interoperability uh, and data sharing. There's a there's a network called the Direct Network where people can send information and referral data and provide a lot more information. I think that we're starting to see some more maturity in, in how those tighter integrated referral networks work. There's a lot of being uh, items being pushed right now uh, through the Cures Act. I don't know if you're following what's going on with that around interoperability. And I really expect that you're going to see a lot more fluidity as people move to open architectures for interoperability. I think we're going to see more fluidity of data. And I think that's going to be good for uh, overall care for everyone. And and I really appreciate that you shared those examples because those are really concrete uh, examples that, that people could really glom onto right now. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've done some work specifically with like mouthwatch and teledentistry, you know, what have you kind of seen evolve over the last year? Well, so I've actually, yes, I am the client success manager at mouthwatch and I've been friends with the people over at mouthwatch for years prior to that, doing speaking engagements with them. They've been on the podcast quite a few times and it's been fun to see the it's not so, I wouldn't say evolution, but more of a adoption of teledentistry because it's been around for a while. And I, I always have this like fun little story in the back of my head because I've done, you know, 
charitable dentistry all over the world. And I was in Nicaragua once with a pediatric doctor a physician, and she was doing exams while we were in Nicaragua back here in South Carolina. And I was like, man, I can't wait for that to come to dentistry. And, and, and it's here. And I'm so happy that it is. So I'm definitely seeing more professionals who saw or see dentistry as like hands-on only profession, right? You have to be touching the patient, drill to mouth, scalar in hand, all of those things to be practicing dentistry. And I'm seeing them incorporate teledentistry in just really a variety of ways to either um, to help like reach new patients maybe or even support patients during uh, their road to get good oral health. Um, Some are integrating teledentistry in like teeny small ways, just like little elements of teledentistry. And there's programs like the University of Rochester that has like integrated teledentistry in just a multitude of ways across many departments. And so we're seeing this shift, really, and I'm so happy for it. We're seeing this shift from the idea that dentistry is done to patients and moving it to, you know, it being done with patients, with using technology and telehealth to help motivate and connect and support patients and providers. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Are you are you seeing a lot of those use cases really creeping up? Uh, you know, because I saw a whole bunch of them creep up at the last summer. Mm, like mm-hmm. I saw people trying to get really creative with teledentistry uh, last summer. And then as patients started coming back into practices, you know, I've kind of seen it waning. I'm seeing some areas where it's sticking, particularly for post-op follow-up, specifically oral surgery. I, I'm seeing more activity on that side. Are there any areas where you think it's just going to be really sticky, it's going to be here for a long time, or do you think it's one of those things that's kind of phasing in and might phase out? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, the pandemic definitely brought like that immediate need or what felt like an immediate need to use teledentistry for sure. And the silver lining, I think, of 2020 was that private practices saw how useful it could be in other ways. So I'm seeing more people just really accept it as, especially in private practice, as a great tool for triaging emergencies. I mean, if I had a dime for every time I came in on a Monday and there was like a room that was like destroyed and I'm like, what happened in here? And they're like, oh, I had to come in on a Saturday. I'm like, okay, was it something that, you know, we need to write up? What do we need to do? And they're like, no, it's nothing that couldn't have waited till Monday. And I'm like, well, wouldn't this have been great? to just like triage with a video call or even just, uh, you know, console a parent whose child fell and like, it's all going to be okay. Like, it's just a busted lip. It's your tooth's not going to fall out, you know, just console them. And it's such a great way um, to also connect with patients who have barriers to care, like travel and taking off work or finding child care. Practitioners can use teledentistry and video conferencing to do those post-ops that you just brought up. I'm huge on prevention, huge. I don't think we do enough of it. I think actually we forgot how to do it in some ways. And I truly think that we need to do a better job at helping our patients with that behavior change. And so I think video conferencing and following up in a secure messaging platform would do wonders for that behavior change in our oral hygiene instructions to make sure that they are successful. And we also can't forget that teledentistry is not only like patient to provider, but it's provider to provider. So we are seeing people use teledentistry to create like a better referral workflow. I know I can give 
personal examples, some just this week of when we needed a better workflow for oral surgery referrals, especially with oral cancer on the rise. And so I think teledentistry helps us really deliver faster care when there's really no time to spare. And oral cancer is one of those times, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm seeing a huge uptick in a lot of the requests, particularly around even just screening for oral, you know, let's call it lesions or aberrations, or I mean, the ability to kind of explain that over the phone or in a video conference is is very robust, right? And, you know, I'm starting to see some more kind of upticks in, I think dentistry is really starting to move forward in their leadership position around overall health. And it's funny because I, I think that you're starting to see it more and more because of that drive of interoperability, that integration of technology and uh, and capabilities. But I, I, I start to see that more and more. What do you think are those biggest benefits for practices? In, I mean, some of them adopted it. Some of them didn't. If you were to pitch me today, hey, listen, this is why you need to start looking at teledentistry. What, what would you say? You know, it's definitely going to be a better workflow and you're going to meet your patient's needs, right? There's so many ways to use teledentistry. You could just, like I said, dabble in it. Just a little a little moment here and there, right? Like you don't have to go full all in, right? But it really, I think it's going to depend on what your patients need. So for instance, I just had a, a little moment with my gastroenterologist where I was like, I'm doing telehealth with you. Like this is what we're doing because I'm not spending 30 minutes in a drive to get there 15 minutes early for a 20-minute appointment and then 15 minutes to check out and maybe, if I'm lucky, a 30-minute drive home, that is a barrier to care for me to get here and take care of my health. And so like, I think it's going to be a great way for offices to meet their patients' needs. If you're doing a big, large treatment plan and that patient's like, I need to talk to my, my spouse or my partner about this. I mean, this is like, 10, 12, 15, $25,000 cases, you know, that we could be giving these patients. And, you know, maybe then they can't for work or whatever, get off again, childcare issues. They, maybe you are the specialist and it's a 45 minute, two hour drive just to that specialist. Do video conferencing. So they are in the comfort comfort of their home and with their partner and they can discuss this and ask questions in that safe environment. I think it's like what think about what your office and your patients need and you really could start to see the ways that teledentistry would work for your practice. Referrals for me are like the low-hanging fruit. Like if I have to write a referral slip like physically write it and then God forbid, print out the x-rays for them to take or like find a way to encrypt the email to send it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like who has got time for this? I do not have time for this. So it's definitely something that you, just thinking about how your office operates, where do you spend a lot of time? Where are a lot of barriers to treatment acceptance, case acceptance? And I think you can plug in teledentistry in a lot of ways. Are you finding... You know, if you were looking at somebody they were adopting and they said, hey, you know what, I'm going to try teledentistry. I'm going to start with referrals because that seems like the low hanging fruit option, right? Particularly provider to provider, right? Yeah. And then where would you take them next? Because it's one of those things where I think if I look at dental practices for the organizations I work with, they're they're mostly multi-location. So they have very rigorous SOPs. So Mm -hmm. when they start evaluating this, they're trying to think, 
ooh, what one area can I tackle? Because I can't completely change our entire business over this piece. And and so they're going to be looking for incremental. I think referrals is a great one. Where do you think number two and number three, where would they hit? Well, if I had to play to that scenario where like, let's, it's a large, let's say a DSO or large corporate practice, do they have a lot of junior associates who need to consult with senior associates on treatment plans? Like, I think that that's a real easy one. You upload everything into this you know, HIPAA compliant secure platform and you can message back and forth. You can create tasks, which is such a great thing because how many times do you go, wait, I thought you sent that. No, I didn't send that. You know, it's like it, nothing falls through the cracks. I think that's a great thing. And then I see it a lot in like residencies um, where the, let's say we have somebody offsite that is, needs to look over the case. So they're incorporating it into the curriculum with the residents, which I think is also fantastic. Another low-hanging fruit is just emergencies and triage. You know, having that call like the crown came off and or how many times do you think like, and I hate to say silly, but people are upset about something. Maybe they had an ulcer on a tori and their tongue is on that tori constantly. And now they think they had this huge tumor in the bottom of their mouth. It's been there since the beginning of their, you know, facial development. And you're just like, let's jump on a video call. Let's see what this is. Or you can see obvious signs of swelling, obvious, I mean, people just blowing up. And now you can get them on antibiotics immediately so that you can actually treat them when they do come back in for the appointment. So I think triage is like, I guess that's number three on the list for doctors. But, you know, I want to speak to my hygienists, my, my colleagues, my peers on this. And I think that teledentistry and having that consistent follow-up with your patients about home care instructions is what is going to stop us from being so frustrated. <laughs> because I don't know how many times when I have a patient that's like on board and they were so good for like two weeks and then they like lost motivation or couldn't remember what I said or whatever. And they come back in and it's just the same story over and over and over again. And it would be so fabulous to just jump on a video call for 15 minutes. Let's review how it's going for you. Let's talk about how you're brushing. Let's look at those interdental brushes that we talked about. Show me how how you're doing it. Did you get those products that I recommend? That didn't work. I got more for you. Like, let me truly be coaching you so that we can get on board with prevention in dentistry. Yeah, I, I think those are really good examples. And, and I think it's it's really interesting. I, I mean, I know how you, you talked about moving data and and for a lot of organizations, if you're if you're a large DSO, you you've got a centralized platform and getting to the data is not a problem. It's the face to face with your peers. You know, I look at that example, I think, wow, what a powerful example of of an organization that says, hey, you know what, we're gonna value this and we want to make sure that we're that we're able to capture that data and, and use it later. So we talked a little bit about DSOs and, and how you could see them leveraging it. Tell us a little bit about more about what you see in kind of that health center safety net space. I mean, how how are those organizations leveraging teledentistry? Mm, yeah, and public health is just after my own heart. So there's places like DentaQuest right now that are using it just for um, primarily triage of emergencies, which I think is very helpful. And there's even some people out there that are like having care coordinators, virtual care coordinators, where they're connecting, let's say, 
the mom calls in, the child fell. Oh, we noticed that you're five. You haven't been to the, you haven't had the chance to take the child to the dentist yet. Let's talk about like nutrition and thumb sucking and candies and, you know, all the things that we talk about in peds. I don't do peds. So maybe I'm, maybe there's more to talk about, but, <laughs> but there's that opportunity uh, for these public health centers to start connecting and, or you have a, a pregnant mom who is coming in for their care. And then you have the ability to connect with them. You're like, you don't even have to come in. Let's just chat about what the future of your child's oral care would look like. And once that first tooth comes in, here's what we're going to do. There's a lot of opportunities. And we know that a lot of people have cell phones, but sometimes the internet is a, a little off. So there are some some struggles for sure with certain areas in the country, but it, there is definitely a place for teledentistry, especially I think in public health. You know, speaking about some of those challenges or obstacles that people have, what would you say to practices looking to adopt or implement or, you know, what would you recommend in this context? Teledentistry is new. So somebody, uh, uh, one complaint, I guess I would say, I don't even know if I'd say complaint, but they were frustrated with like the patient's internet was kind of weird and they weren't able to jump on and they're like, I see, it just doesn't work. And to me, I was like, yeah, but like my patients are late all the time because of traffic and like, you know, they went to the wrong building because we moved like something, it's raining outside. Like, and now my patient's like, I couldn't find my umbrella. Like I would deal with a lot of elderly patients. And I'm like, there is always something like you can't throw the, you know, baby out with the bathwater kind of thing when you have just one little issue. So I would just encourage you, if you are thinking about this, to evaluate your goals with teledentistry, evaluate what your needs are and your patient's needs are. And if you could actually meet those needs by using telehealth or teledentistry and name a champion in your practice. So I do this with infection control. I think that we should have an infection control champion. There should be somebody that takes ownership of finding out all the details and implementing it. It's that go-to person to ask, answer any questions, right? So name a teledentistry champion that would be out there to help promote it in the office and get team members on board and would help coach patients if they need it. And just be open-minded and know that there is a learning curve, just like everything. Like my office, we purchased a laser and I had to go through a week's training with my doctor on a laser. Like there's so many learning curves. Like we all know this, just know that it's the same. It's technology. Um, it works for us when it works for us. And sometimes it's a little frustrating, but we can't shut it down just because, you know, a few times it gave us a little difficulty. And, you know, as much as I love the face-to-face -face interaction, there's truly some moments where I'm like, did you need to come in for this? I don't think you did. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> and that is a perfect moment for uh, utilizing like a HIPAA, you know, secure platform. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that you highlighted here, and I thought it was interesting, was that you're kind of dipping your toe in that change management process, right? You have an internal champion. What have you seen that people did really well in their change management process when they adopted teledentistry? As like with your patients or with providers or with the team members? Let's tackle each one. I, I think okay. let's start with providers and then move to patients. So with providers, um, I think if you can say that you have this champion, this is the person that's going to kind of take the reins on the situation. 
know your team members. And I do this with infection prevention when we're talking about creating the safety culture. Like you need to know the team members. If I have somebody that's already anxious over just entering chart notes, like on the computer, I'm probably not going to give them the virtual op appointments, right? (laughs) You know, I'm not going to like make, uh, I might give them space to like see it working in the practice, slowly work them into it. And then for the other people, I mean, it's mostly about finding the workflow and then reevaluating the workflow. So once you kind of set it up, don't forget it, right? Like you, you want to like go, is this actually working? Because we're seeing that you're not doing it. And is it because it's not working or is it because it's not fitting in the workflow for the practice. So that's how I would probably uh, approach. And I know that a lot of offices are doing that. Actually, we just had a call with a program where the residents um, are gung-ho because they're young and very tech savvy. (laughs) And then some of the uh, faculty members are not as excited about it. And so they're really trying to help coach them and find what that barrier is. Is it just like they don't know how easy it is just to go into a website or does it feel bigger and more overwhelming than it actually is? So, you know, talk with your team and then again, adapt those workflows if they're not working for you. So I would say that from a provider standpoint. For patients, I kind of the same thing. Like I'm not going to give it to my, I'm not going to suggest a teledentistry appointment for my um, 78 year old patient who still has a flip phone, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I also am not going to throw out uh, my 70-something-year-old patients because I have some bringing in their iPad showing me grandkids on the iPad. So they are very tech-savvy and they're doing FaceTimes with, uh, you know, great-grandkids. But, you know, it's more of like, would this work for you? We have this as another option as, you know, to talk with you about your treatment plan, to follow up with you. And don't even get me started about myofunctional therapy and orthodontics. I mean, you could go big and really see some success with teledentistry. But, you know, just kind of cherry pick at first and see again how that fits in your workflow for the practice. And if there are any issues that patients had, maybe you could create better PDFs and instructions for them to take home. I think patients are also a little bit like, wait a second, I don't have to come to the dentist. (laughs) And some are like very excited about that. And some are like, I don't understand how this is going to work. So I would definitely go with those more excited patients first and then kind of get those testimonials almost and like feel the excitement for when it works with other patients. That way it kind of flows through when you talk to the next patient about it. That's perfect. That makes a lot of sense. So Michelle, one of the questions that we hear a lot is there's a lot of different approaches, maybe even consider them different models uh, of teledentistry. One thing that comes to mind is maybe the the scenario around mobile. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So I think teledentistry and mobile dentistry have been kind of hand in hand for a while. Like that's it before the pandemic. A lot of people thought mobile dentistry when you talked about teledentistry. I'm actually in my own little situation right now here in South Carolina where I am struggling to find a dentist to come with me and do a mobile van. And uh, the Teledentistry State Practice Act is a little gray. So I'm trying to walk the line quite a bit with it. 
But I, what I would hope and what I'm searching for is to have, because I can work under general supervision here. I can, cannot give anesthesia under general supervision, but also within my state practice act, I can do glass ionomer and silver diamine fluoride and do these ART treatments out in the more like rural areas of my state. And man, that would just fill my soul. So I know there's so many hygienists out there that want to do this. Like I want to do this, but I cannot find a dentist to collaborate with. And, you know, I also know that not, they don't need to be on that van with me going an hour and a half out into the country and hour and a half back. Like I could just use teledentistry to do these synchronous exams. And in some cases, asynchronous exams and really kind of set them up so that when they do come out there, I have the root canals ready. I have the extractions ready. I have the class two, class three um, composites and restorations all lined up. And then I can do what I can do and really coach them and do oral hygiene instructions. And they don't need to physically be there. So that is just a beautiful way to use it. But I cannot find anybody to do this with me. So it's it's a struggle. But then you have some places that are doing outreach from their private practice. So let's say there's a private practice and they have quite a few patients. Um, this is the same in my island where I live. Like we have a long-term care facility on the island. We see a lot of patients from there. And we have been talking about sending a hygienist there one day a week just to check on our patients that are there and perform those procedures and capture the data and do synchronous and asynchronous teledentistry so that we can really start, again, meeting the needs of our patients. And think about school programs too. I mean, there are just so many opportunities. And I do think that we are starting to see people go, okay, I don't physically have to be owning an office, right? I don't have to own that practice. I can really start to think outside of the box and um, and really engage and meet the needs of our patients truly that are out there. And mobile dentistry is fantastic. It does have its you know pros and cons, but man, it's a fabulous way to reach people. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I see evolving and I, I'm opt- optimistic you'll find somebody who wants to partner up with you. I think that would be great. Oh, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So Michelle, this has been such a great conversation, really insightful, really appreciate the time. So where can people go to learn more about you? Well, you can definitely find me at Mouthwatch. Um, you can do Michelle at mouthwatch.com. Uh, for the podcast, I'm over at a tale of two hygienists. Dot com And for Level Up Infection Prevention, where I am coaching infection control coordinators, I am levelupip.com. And yeah, and all social media platforms there as well. Perfect. Well, Michelle, this has been so great. I can't even imagine. We just spent, I don't know, half an hour chatting it up about teledentistry. And I know something near and dear to your heart is infection control. We're just going to have to bring you back to talk about that because I think we could spend at least that much time just hitting the high points. So really glad that you could make it. Thanks for sharing your expertise and and what you're seeing out in the world, uh, helping us and helping our audience learn more about teledentistry today. If there's anything that we can do to help you and your cause, let us know. And uh, if you'd like to come back, we'd love to have you. And we'll talk a little bit more about some infection control. Yes, yes. Love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming and we'll catch you later. Thank you. So glad that Michelle could join us today. 
She brought some fantastic insights. I'll tell you, I learned a lot, particularly around some of the things that are happening in teledentistry. I really loved how she highlighted some of the ways that we can get started. Very practical, easy to apply, and give us some good springboard options for leveraging teledentistry in the future. One of the things as a key takeaway here is that in the best practices that she shared in this episode, I think there are some things that people could really take and adopt as they apply them in their SOPs. So if you need to go back, don't forget to rewind a little bit and take a listen because I think there's some really good nuggets in there. Again, thank you for being here with the podcast and look forward to catching you next time. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise helps you manage the complexities of multi-location environments and at the same time helping you improve overall outcomes, improve efficiencies and productivities as organizations both grow and scale. If you'd like to learn more about how you can centralize, grow and thrive with Dentrix Enterprise, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.